back. Oh, you were going to do it? Oh, wait. Okay, no, uh, you can do it. It's okay. So oh, we, I thought, uh, we agreed bought that it was Drew's. I do this. A mic. <laughs> we bought a mic. America's pop My name's culture. Hunter Mobley, and this is We Bought a Mic. <laughs> you really steamrolled me there. <laughs> and I'm Hunter. So this and is I'm Ernest. And I'm Johnny Knoxville, and welcome to We Bought a Mic. Oh, it's a prank show. <laughs> it's a prank. We did a prank. It's a prank show. You got me. I pranked you. <laughs> we're chilling today. Mm-hmm. We just recorded our Aladdin episode. Mm-hmm. So now we're just kind of on the uh the afterburn of the yeah. So the Robin views. Heat. I promise, I do bathe. I promise, <laughs> I do. We just recorded them back to back. That's why you're seeing all of us in the same outfits. I cannot speak for them because they did show up on different days. But I I, this is the same day for yeah. me. I don't know because you smelled then and you smell now, right? Well, well I is, didn't say what I bathed. It in. is getting a little toasty in this new studio a little bit. We're I'm, still I'm feeling great. We're still working out the kinks. I'm loving it. Uh, we do. We have. I am trying to figure out the lighting setup here. We can give the the listeners, the visual listeners, yeah, a sneak let's, peek. What can we do here? So we can do a purple light. Okay, it's much that's, darker. That's I don't. We know don't get that's... a lot of light. We get blue. This is like well, this is euphoria. We can do a we can do a stroke. Uh, speed is it? It's not going fast enough to really be a strobe light, but <laughs> that's definitely we can do a, a slow light. fade. This w- it would distract me so much. I would never listen to anything that we were saying, which it's probably for the best, really. Yeah. I, I get, yeah, the production know. value is supposed to distract you from hearing <laughs> yeah. us. Tune That's into the whole the, point of this. Tune whole thing. into the YouTube to see us in green light. Red light. Green light. Gee, this is so good Red for light. people listening on Spotify. <laughs> people on Spotify. I'm starting to think I'm colorblind. Was that green? It was blue to me. I think it was blue. I think okay. I'm colorblind. Okay. Thank okay. God. One of us. It's like a blue green. See, this is this is blue. That's blue. That's, no, that's that's blue right there. I and mean, then looking this, at these is starting to hurt. And then this is like a blue green. Yeah. That's like a nice it's teal. like a, it's like a cyan yeah. almost. Yeah. There, there you go. go. Um viewers, what color do you think that is? <laughs> and what color should we stick with? <laughs> Probably white, right? Should we turn I all thought, the lights off? I thought you were about to do like a door of the explorer. Like, what color did you see? Yeah. Can you Blue. backpack? <laughs> Time to get out the remote and then Swiper, we have like a little, no swipe. We have a little song where it's like, I'm the remote. I love to do my job. <laughs> so this is this is the uh this is the second app. People can tell that this is the This is the episode where we like to chat about things that we're catching up on. Condiments. Um and we have a couple things that we're going to get to including two movies and two shows mm. oh. that we've been watching. One big boy that um, we're going to be talking about uh like I think that the world has not yet fully discovered this movie right. and it's a I think slow that it roll. will. So let's start things off with a show called Severance on Apple TV+. It is directed by Ben Stiller and starring Adam Scott. And this is a show... Ben, ben Stiller, the famously from Escape from Danamora. Yes, yes, famously. Director, most yeah, notably. Okay. Exactly. No, well, I actually think of him as the director for The Cable Guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the Cable Guy, the Super Bowl commercial starring Jim Carrey. <laughs> the cable guy wait sorry we never <laughs> talked about that like outside of like yeah. just one drunken conversation can we pop a quick episode about this why 
Nobody has discussed this, that they did a Super Bowl commercial based off of the 1990s flop of a film, The Cable Guy. That's that's the type of thing where it's definitely just they had the rights to one movie. Yeah. (laughs) And they they used it. Well, "Well, we have Jim here. They were like, Jim, so you you want to do another Sonic 2 push? And he's like, literally anything but that. Well, he seems to be having a great time no, on Sonic. No, he is having a great so time. So I, yeah, I don't know if that's the case. I think it's more of like, Jim, we have you on contract to do a massive co-brand deal with some type of telecommunications company. Yeah. What movie from your catalog involves, do you think... Involves straight up a telecommunications company. <laughs> He's like, buddy, do I have the yeah. film for you? It's called The Mask. And they're like, no, 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 no. We cannot do that one. What else? Yeah, it's called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> um, a movie that actually has a lot of overlap with Severance. Mm. So, Severance... Tell me what it's about. I haven't seen this. I haven't heard anything it's, about it. So don't like don't go too far. But I do need to you know. Get yeah. The, the central premise. It's it would be interesting to go into it knowing absolutely nothing. I did. OK, I'll just I will say that I leave. did. But you find out the premise. But like, here's very early. But on. here's the premise. Like, it's a great premise. So I, I want people to know what it is because it's like it's even though it'd be fun to discover it. If you don't want to discover, you can just skip. Yeah, because most people aren't looking to discover things on Apple TV Plus. Yeah, is the thing. Like, and most people don't just hear like, ah, yes, Adam Scott, Ben, ben Stiller. <laughs> I'm just gonna watch yeah. this now. Um, an hour-long drama. <laughs> imagine that um, you work in an office, right? Like a corporate type Freaking of cubicle setting. Fuck. And every time you go into the building, you, as soon as you walk in you're already walking out and the entire day you have no memory of it it's the whole premise of it is what if you separated your work life your and memory. your your work life mm-hmm. and your social home life from each other i and remember no now i remember seeing a thing about this. like when you are at work you only remember things that happened the previous nine to five yeah. and whenever you leave work you have no recollection of where you are what you did for those eight yeah. hours and then you just kind of resume your life. Yeah, from yeah. There. So there's, you're right. There is Eternal Sunshine in here. There's, there's, um, Total Recall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, even I don't know, Wanted. <laughs> yeah, ben, yeah. We're best it still has the Gen X like. Don't there's you hate cubicles? Yeah. Gen X hates cubicles. Yeah. If you say cubicle around like a 41 year old, they, they will become. Take fight- a keyboard oh my god! And, like, <laughs> yeah, they will fucking kill you. I am going to become the. They're gonna uh, bend bullets. Tyler Durden. Yeah, I'm gonna become Durden. <laughs> the cool one, not the fucking lame one. So it, what what this show basically explores is like if if you were to do this, if you were to sever your memory, and every time you walk into work, you have no memory of the outside world, you're essentially a different person. Mm-hmm. And it explores that idea of like, yeah, how you're what happens to that person that only exists in the bounds of this office because because your experiences are what shapes what you become. Right. So if you only had certain ones in one personality and then you that that's cool. It also it's fascinating. And again, I've only seen the first episode, so I don't know how much the show is going to get into it, but it opens up this whole can of worms of like if you're working with very sensitive materials, you don't and if you're required to like undergo the severance procedure, you don't have to worry about ever like leaking 
mm-hmm. that to anybody else or anything yeah. like that. Like that's the way to secure information. Uh, is, is the military brought up? I again, I've only ever seen the okay. first episode. That's, so that, I don't that, know. You know, that's the big one that you would think they would yeah. just like. It's, I don't it's know much, where the show is going from here, but it opens up. It yeah. opens up like a giant can of like yeah, yeah. worms that could. Like, I know. I the just, severance I just, procedure could be. I'd be surprised if they didn't just directions. at least passingly be like, "Oh yeah, you should meet like the army guys that don't have PTSD," like something like that. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised if it went there eventually. Yeah, but right now it's very much focus on these characters it's just like very much focus on the adam scott character his name is mark and then this girl heli who's played by brit lauer yeah brit lauer um she was in high maintenance uh casual man seeking woman um so you might you know recognize her face and just be like i know her from something and turns out she's you know popped up in a lot of like little shows like this and it's you know, cool to see her on this kind of bigger platform show. Patty Arquette is in there. Uh, Zach Cherry, who's like another like that guy's. Uh, and then John Turturro, the king, mm-hmm. who's like between this and the Batman, which comes out next week, is like about to have a John moment. Turturro sans. Yeah. I'm here for it. Let's go. Uh, Christopher Walken is also in there, but he has like barely done anything. He had like one line. He's and in, I'm just he's like in all nine episodes. I'm just like. If you're gonna cast Christopher Walken, like something's gonna you're happen. going full. She's gonna drop with Christopher. Walken. You're going full like click parentheses 2005 here. Like, I hey there we go. Let's, which again kind of similar. Yeah. right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So this this show is very mysterious, and it's definitely trying to do something that's like very much based on reality, but not our reality you know it's like trying to do this thing that's like more stilted um that retro future kind of look to it where the computers are kind of old timey um but the thing that draws you in is like this premise which is very interesting a lot of avenues here but also like the character dynamics like the mark character is you get to see his home life and his work life. He's like the main guy that we follow kind of back and forth between the two settings. And it's very interesting to see the two different sides of him and how different they are. And the reasons why uh, his, this character might want to take this procedure. Cause this is like a voluntary procedure to like do this, the severance thing. And so like kind of the implication around his character as to like what led him to do this or you know, pretty fascinating and, and dramatic in their own right. And then the Heli character immediately ep one, as soon as you're introduced, she's trying to escape. Mm-hmm. So it creates this interesting dynamic where like, you know, you're seeing the Adam Scott character outside in the real world, but in the office, he's kind of like the, the guy who wants to be by the book a little bit and mm-hmm. kind of wants to follow things to the T and he has to be the one to like rein in Heli as she's trying so hard to break out of this place Mm -hmm. that she put herself into or the other version of her put her into. And that's the thing is like, this is the same person, but you're dealing with two people. Essentially. You're like induced (laughs) split person. They call them the innies and the outies is like the terminology that they have. (laughs) Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I, so Again, I've only seen the first episode, but one of the things that I was really drawn to, and I'm really happy for our guy, Adam Scott, because this is something just completely new. Adam Scott's never done a role like this before. 
And it's so like cool to see. Last night I watched Step Brothers again, which by oh. the way is just might just be the best comedy Classic. of the 21st century. Um but it's so funny like seeing a movie like Step Brothers and how him in that versus something like Severance where the first episode you're seeing so much different types of acting from Adam Scott and like how he has kind of evolved as a performer is just so interesting. This is who wrote this story. I'm looking right now. So Mohammed El Masri has uh EP and writer credits for 10 episodes, which is interesting. There's the, the creator is uh, Erickson, Dan. Well, Eric- Dan Erickson has zero credits aside from this show. Yeah. That's oh, why wow. I, I, he has one other thing and it's, it's a special thanks. <laughs> on a show from like five years ago well he that's why he's like the main uh he's like the showrunner how did he get this like how do you I'll get give, this I'll give you, like it, there's no credits at i'll all. give you one guess and it's the college he went to i promise oh well, I'm, you, you know what i mean like yeah. he went to usc or like nyu or harvard i'm sure guarantee yeah. you i mean i Good job I hit because this is like such an interesting premise. Again, like just you bring up that idea and it just ca- it creates a whole web of different ideas that spin off from that. Yeah. I really do want to know where the show's going to go. Escape from Denumora was um how many years ago was that at this point? I know 17 you, I believe. You no. were you were a big Denumora head whenever maybe that came 17, out. 17, maybe 18, 17. 18, well, I watched it later. I watched it like a couple of years after it came out. So maybe it was like 17 ish. And then I watched it like maybe a year or two later. Um, But that that show is a triumph. Like Ben Stiller directs the fuck out of that show. It it had a huge moment for like TV people. Yeah. Like prestige people. I I love that show. Paul Dano, Benicio. And it didn't come back. It actually ended, right? Well, it's based on a true story. So they told the story. I know, but that even that doesn't stop some fucking miniseries from being like, uh, and then they're in prison again. You know, no, they they adhered very closely to like the real events. And that was what, you know, really wowed me. But this I mean, this is a whole 2018, by the way. Yeah, this is a whole original thing. and, And I don't think that Stiller is like the main creative force here. I think he's just coming in to kind of like set the palette, the tone. Yeah the kind of the guiding light of kind of what the show is yeah. visually well, and tonally. It, it even has, it, that makes sense. Cause it even has some shades of like Walter Mitty, right? You know? Yeah. Well, another Adam Scott. Yeah. I mean, Ben Stiller. He's so he directs the first three and then the last three. And it looks like there's another um, guy here. Oh, um, Afi. McArdle, I believe. I might have just absolutely butchered that name, but he's actually coming in there and directing the middle three that we have not seen yet. Um, so, another creative force in there. So I don't want to uh, kind of reveal too much about this show and where it goes, because I've seen three episodes that are now out as of this recording, um, but I really recommend it. I think it's definitely worthwhile. I think that it's just one of those shows that like, really hooks you in with that premise and then where it goes especially with these characters and like the different dynamics between them and how it explores this world is super interesting and i can't wait to see where it goes i hope that it doesn't unravel as it goes but i've uh critics have seen the full season Mm -hmm. and they've said that it's like totally worth it and it just keeps like getting better and better so i have faith good that it's going to end up in a good place by the way wait a minute did you do that on purpose or what 
that transition. It's going to end up in Man. a good place. Oh, speaking of a good place. It's like Damn. I wow. Don't even that. try. Yeah. For, forget forget <laughs> what I was even going to say. That's perfect. Yes. So uh, another show that shares that otherworldly kind of mm-hmm. limbo of reality <laughs> type of feel. <laughs> yeah, is... you should have you should have just stopped when you were ahead. <laughs> um I yeah, it's uh, it's well past the time. Did you guys talk about the end of the good place? So, yeah. Yeah. It was I'm on sure. my top ten of the year. Yeah. So I I find because I, I kind of I kind of fell off the good place for a reason. Like I I thought it was sort of starting to underperform based on its premise after like sort of toward the end of like season two, getting into season three, I was like, <sighs> okay, like where are we going here? I saw some of season three. Well, three was the one where they're just like back on earth living. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't care for that. Yeah. I didn't like that. That wasn't the best. I mean, no. I, I like what it was going That's for. That's the like thing. The, the idea yeah, behind it. But... The premise is always great, but like yeah. it, it, like Mike sure more than anyone knows how like sacred certain sitcom things are and mm-hmm. changing up everything so drastically all the time. Sometimes it'll work. And it did a lot for a lot for the show. You know, there were changes made that shouldn't have worked and they did, but that didn't, that did not play for me. Um, that said, I didn't even see all of season four. My uh, my new roommate, Nikki, who, who I, I don't even know extremely well, but she was finishing up The Good Place. She she had watched basically all of it over the past few weeks. So I had, you know, I had like joined in here and there. Um, but we just watched like the final three episodes together. Perfect. And the reason I say we don't even know each other very well is because like during the episode, we kind of looked over at each other and we were both like, I'm trying really hard not to cry right now. Are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> we were both like choking back tears. Just let it rip. Yeah. And I was going in like pretty dry. You know, it, it's it's phenomenal how they ended the show. Um, it shouldn't work on any level, especially just the finale alone, because yeah, they yeah. cram in so much shit into the finale. The finale yeah. is like a whole. It is like multi-episode arc. It's the busiest. Itself. It's it's double the length of a regular episode. It contains like a season worth of development. It, yeah. There's so much happening, and it should be way too much, but it's not because they keep it honed in on the characters, um, and the the base conceits of what they go for again which is it mirrors like a lot of the early seasons of the show where like the end of season one is all about that big reveal yeah for me, where it's just like that changes the show the the reveals you get all in one final episode are fucking absurd like right. it's crazy how much they're able to do where they get to the good place they realize that like spoilers for the ending of the good place no way, no never i know I never do that <laughs> um yeah i'm gonna spoil it heavily but so they yeah they realize that uh everyone there has become dumb because like it's bad to feel good all the time yeah. right about like because they've like, run out of things goes, to do <laughs> yeah if everything is perfect all the time yeah then which is basically it kind of ruins the joy it, it reminded me of what people say about like doing heroin basically it's like you can't just feel like that all the time mm. like there has to be a price to pay right um so they have to figure out like what's next how yeah. do you actually 
ascend they they have to yeah they have to figure out because like the only thing that gives life meaning is the fact that it will end like they pack in a ton of philosophy without it becoming too preachy or annoying as always yeah they always that's that was the best thing about that show and and this is all just in the finale they set up a really heady and like emotional idea of of each of these characters are going to one by one say goodbye to the world yeah. voluntarily. Yeah, they're just going to step through a white door. And the whole thing is like, we don't know what's on the other side. It actually like it opens up the show where the show began, where it's just like what happens after you die. And then it's what happens after the afterlife. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Once you're done with that, you know? Yeah. Because heaven isn't. It can't be heaven if if it's great forever. You have to be able to pull the plug or else it's all just like nonsense. Right. Um, and you get to say goodbye to each of these characters individually. And it's like so fucking it's emotional. Gutting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. It's Absolutely emotional. gutting. Yeah. Even, like I was getting emotional watching Jason finish his game of Madden <laughs> yeah. because I because I knew that would be the end. his last game of Madden. <laughs> it's 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 really, really wild what they pulled off for a show that had become a little uneven for me. Uh, just, well, it, it felt like it didn't it it, it peaks so heavily with that big twist and, and then where it two goes there kicks ass season two is like, yeah, really, that's, that's really probably good. the best season. And then they go back to Earth in season three and then you felt like, OK, where are they going? Like it, it felt like it was still good. It was still a great show, but like it didn't have that same like sense of momentum. It just mm. felt a little bit kind of aimless a yep. little bit, even though the characters were still great and it still had those like great discussions about philosophical things. But like the narrative momentum wasn't as good as it was at the beginning of the show. Yeah. And then with four, they're like, okay, now we're actually going to get to the good place, the real good place. Mm. And we're going to explore that. And I think that worked really well. And I mean, when you step back and you look at the full show, I think that, it is you still have that uh sitcom feel to it where it's just like your good friends kind of hanging out but then it also has this incredibly complex massive serialized story yeah every episode is a chapter so they're like very deliberately kind of separating it in that way to that point though like and you mentioned like this is an nbc sitcom can you imagine just like random john smith in like missouri just like firing on nbc one day and just seeing like chapter 32 of this without seeing anything else like i can't believe that this show is on nbc and they just play reruns out of order just on the network now like that is insane to me because this is such a plot driven show yeah it's really it's really wild and it, 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 it'll take some getting used to obviously for I mean it took some for me because not just because it's so out there and so heavy but because the the amount of plot that it contains it it has to sacrifice a lot of room for jokes that like regular sitcoms have where it's just like boom 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 joke 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 it can't be like that they have to do a lot <laughs> over the course of a season or an episode um so I, I don't know I just wanted to give it its flowers because uh they got it. They nailed it. They nailed. Yeah, they they stuck the landing really hard, which makes sense because Mike Schur has talked about in interviews a whole lot the amount that he values finales of sitcoms, mm-hmm. uh, like the Cheers finale. Obviously, the Parks and Rec finale is one that is pretty famous for giving everyone what yeah. they want. That's such a weird mm-hmm. one. That was. 
I think that one gives you too much of what you want. It just like keeps skipping there, forward I, in time. There, the so problem much. with There's that one is that there are like no negatives in that finale. Like everything is happy. And this one, like, like I was trying not to cry like an hour and a half later. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it really, really gets you. Um, and yet it ends in a place where you're ha- like, I was really happy with where it ended. And that's like, that to me is, is a lot harder of a balance to strike than like the end of a, happy show ending right. happily you know they so uh good on y'all you did a good job shouldn't have doubted joe mandy jen stasky who else do i make sure i don't know I'll, Ted I'll, a lot of the writers who would go on to write hbo's hacks actually oh good point it's also produced we'll, by yeah, mike we'll talk about that next week yeah, yeah. did you cry though when um johnny knoxville i and the boys said goodbye it, it, you know, no, I didn't. I don't, um, know. I don't know why I'm being like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, you can try to act all tough and everything, but I think that I did cry with how hard I laughed. In um, Jackass Forever. In Jackass Forever. So, yeah, we're talking, this is a very awkward and clumsy transition after how smooth your transition was before <laughs> to the good place. Um, so Jackass Forever we did our most anticipated episode after I had already seen Jackass Forever, so it was not eligible to be on that list. But it, this by the would way, have been in my top five most anticipated things to come out. Hold on, hold on. We should give we should give a space for Drew to say what are your most anticipated things of twenty twenty two because you didn't get to say them. And you, you can't here. say anything that we said, and we won't tell you what we said. You had to have listened to the episode. Good. Um, what are you most looking forward to in terms of movies? TV, Mo- okay. Music, here's, here's what here's music, what <gasps> and then cut right here, and then <laughs> act like you lost the footage of me saying like a really good list. Yeah, well, that, that I definitely you know, like, know. I, Ernie, we've like left off some like bangers of things off like of our what? list. Like LCD Sound System has an album that's coming out this year. Is it? I mean, they're doing SNL tonight, tonight, right now, as of this recording. So they're probably gonna have an album coming yeah. out this year. There's some good shit that's coming out that I keep just thinking of. I'm like, oh fuck, we didn't even mention that. Your your rollovers that didn't come out from our previous episode were really good. Uh, you pick the curse, which is the Nathan Fielder Benny Safdie show. Oh, fuck man, I that's hope it coming. comes out this year. Uh, new Kendrick album, which you know we'll see. And then Untitled Bo Burnham Project, which I don't think we'll see. <laughs> okay. Um, just I'm, I'm just like flop sorting. Um, yeah, also the Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild. All right. <laughs> All right, there we go. That's up there. Um, I, I think gave, that already came. I directed by John C. Duncan. <laughs> Not Duncan. Don, Duncan. John C. Duncan. John C. All right, now Dude, you have to see John that and C. report back. John C. Duncan. I want a full <laughs> review. Yeah, fam- sure famously John B. Duncan, famously uh, you a know producer John on B. Robots. <laughs> really, a movie we'll cover on Robin Williams series. Excited for that. Very Woof. excited for that. Oh man! And hey, we'll we'll cover it again on our Amanda Bynes series. By the you way, you hating robots right now? Were you about to fucking drag? the cinematic american achievement that is robots parentheses oh, I'm, 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 2006 I'm so yes yes i was i was actually i was 100 percent going to do that but i'll wait i'll wait i give it like i don't know like four and a half years by the time we ever get to that episode and recording so jackass forever was one of the Speaking best theater of experiences i've had in years um, especially yeah. for a comedy it's like 
it's up there with movies i saw when i was a kid when like back when audiences were a little more open to like emoting in theaters outside of just like talking to amongst right. themselves you know? so just having a side conversation yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i think part of that is because it's the jackass franchise though and this like hit a bone inside of me that was just like it it struck the childhood yeah. nerve inside of me this is i think the hardest that i've laughed in years like i was like keeled over in the theater like yeah. howling at yeah, points in this it's, movie. it's the hardest i've laughed in a theater probably ever it's um because because the atmosphere was there because these movies force you to react even if you don't like what you're looking at you're making noises you're, while uh, watching it yeah, yeah. You, you're going ah like yeah so no, everyone it, in that theater is making a noise even right. if they hate it it's so good it <laughs> it's truly such is, a but they're still they paid money thing. to sit in yeah. the seat it's so just, it's, they can't hate it that much it's just such a good atmosphere to be in we're like it's at the same time as the laughter but like I know for a fact that there were plenty of like girlfriends who got dragged in there who were like, oh, Jesus, you know, I mean, it's a jackass movie. Like, what we are you going to expect? We also went to Drew and I went to the fan event. So it was all jackass diehards oh, that damn. were in, yeah. in the seats with us, which is so this fan event started with a little some bonus content in the beginning which, of the movie that really like. If the movie wasn't great, it like it, it took away from the viewing experience. Yeah, they openly just it, like talk about bits that they're yeah, they do they the show you yeah over. they show you little clips of what you're about to watch, and you're like, what the fuck? The only thing it does is it it does a better job of introducing you to the new members of Jackass, which there are they. That's a huge deal. They you know they've never done that before. They've they've sort of expanded their crew, but it's always been very informal, and it's always been dudes that have always like been around them, and mm-hmm. they just like put them in more shit, you know like with dave england england or like danger aaron or whatever yeah um by the way danger aaron is probably like has like the second most screen time in this movie aside from johnny knoxville which is crazy dude Aaron's he is so always good. he's always been like a, a like bottom tier jackass well he's guy. been like the unsung hero where they just make him do the worst thing yeah, they they the worst thing they ever did to someone is is the terrorist prank in jackass 2 like they made him think he was going to get shot <laughs> oh and killed God. and also made him it's, do a really racist prank yeah so for people spoilers for the last sketch of jackass 2 it's both aged horribly and aged fucking beautifully at the exact same time Aaron thinks that he's um he thinks that he's doing a bit where he's going to play a terrorist and he's going to pretend like he has a bomb strapped to his body and he's taking a taxi to an airport. Very racist portrayal of a thing and you're just like, "Oh, that sounds awful." The entire cast of Jackass is like in on this prank and they hire a fake taxi driver. Who is, to who is Jay uh, Chandraskar from Broken Lizard yeah. from, from Super Troopers. Super Troopers nice. and uh, Beer Fest and that director part of, of that a bunch of community group. episodes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they get him. There's like we're going to actually like we're going to hire somebody and he's going to like lose his mind and like try and like kill him because he's going to think that he's capturing a terrorist. Then we're going to go a step further and we aren't just going to give this man a fake beard. The entire time we've been filming Jackass 2, we've been shaving our pubes. <laughs> oh, and his I've heard fake about beard is going yeah. to be <laughs> glued on pubes from the entire cast. Um, it's just the way that it's done, it's like a 25 minute, it's like a 20, 25 minute long prank. And he don't like it. 
and he's not happy the way that it just kind of devolves because he has no idea what he's doing and everybody is laughing and they think Aaron thinks that he's like oh I'm doing a good job doing like this terrorist <laughs> voice like people are really oh, like no. liking what I'm doing and it's just everyone is in on the joke except for him and it's so good um so going into forever it, it's wild that Aaron Aaron is doing the most shit including a ton of dick and ball shit um which is really the real star of this movie is penis yeah the most dick and balls in any jackass property Um, and they are all in like their 40s at this point yeah well so where it could have gone south is with the new cast members and the way it didn't is a they didn't overuse them they still use themselves quite a bit uh and b these people are really good and they they know how to use them the best by far and it's not even close this guy's real name is sean mcinnerney he goes by poopies. He's poopies. And he is a guy who he's the only one who immediately like fully fits into Jack. There's no pretense about him. There's no like sort of younger millennial like self-awareness of being on camera or like anxiety. This guy is just a dumb idiot who will do anything they tell him to do. And he's like he like he he emotes really heavily. He gets scared. He's funny. Like he's a perfect member of this cast. It's like it almost reminds me of whose line when like you know they they rotate out the fourth yeah and and sometimes people would just like immediately straight heaters yeah they just blend in and then other times you'd be like oh no it's an episode with this guy yeah. like he's not you know it like poopies is just like he's like greg proops like he's just <laughs> he, he blends in perfectly um you have a guy who calls himself zach ass who's like basically the new younger like huge guy he, he's gigantic uh, he calls himself Zackass because he's been doing stunts like on his own accord for years and years because like, of Jack. Yeah, he has yeah. like a giant Jackass tattoo. He that's he, that is one thing that kind of just kind of jumping off of that that like this is this movie kind of confronts the whole idea of there is a generation that was raised on Jackass and that like another in the movie the culture. Yeah. This will bring these people. This in. guy you can tell is sort of aware of the cameras. I'll say mm-hmm. he also it's not it's nothing against him. Um, but him and also comedian Rachel Wolfson, who's in this, neither of them seem to feel pain like at all. Yeah, and they're it, too good at it. Yeah, and that's yeah, it almost takes away from it because like you want to see people suffer. So like, you like they're doing things where you expect a certain reaction. So when you don't get it, it's sort of surprising. Like Zach guys will like ramp himself into straight <laughs> dirt and then just get him and be like, fuck yeah, dude. And it's like, no, you're supposed to. You're like, no, this, I want to see you. Like, Preston would have like cried. Yeah, <laughs> this is something I'm, I wanted to ask you guys because I haven't seen this movie and I'm not a big Jackass guy. We put on the original Jackass the movie at your house for for my birthday last year. Last year, and I actively had to look away from like half of that movie just because like it it just it has that reaction where like the things on screen are so visceral and I know it's real. I know these are not like professional stuntmen. Mm. These guys are like actually hurting themselves on camera Mm. and it like makes me not want to watch it. Like it's (laughs) so it just the emotion I get watching it. I'm like, I cannot, I can't watch it. I have like, involuntarily i just like look away from the screen i I, like cover i cover my eyes which i don't even do during like horror movies i know but horror movies aren't (laughs) as genuine as this and so to that point we gotta give a shout to our guy jeff tremaine who is like 
him and Johnny Knoxville are like the brain team behind Jackass. He is the director of all the Jackass films. And one thing that is underrated in the Jackass universe is the direction is because you feel like you are there in the moment. You are like along with them. You, you're just like another guy in the crew and you're seeing your friends get hurt and put themselves in dangerous situations. I know, but my, my question is, is like, is that part of the deal or am I doing something wrong in like how I'm watching these movies? No, like, you just, I guess... <sighs> Like, should I not? Is that a is that the wrong way to watch them to like have that feeling of like Maybe I should. don't want to watch this because that feels wrong? Well, duh. I mean, if you want to <laughs> like them, then yeah. But the thing is, the, these movies are an automatic no go for a ton of people. Like, tons of people just can't. Like, they're just like they can't overcome like the brain cro- programming. That's like that. This is like my nightmare. <laughs> like, I'm watching the things that I least would want to happen to a person, yeah. and they're happening to a real person. The, the the thing that really overcomes it for me is that the a it's not like the NFL where it's like an organization that is like concealing information about how what they're putting these people (laughs) through is like killing them. These are all just guys who like invented this, (laughs) you know, the second thing is, you know, that no one is going to die because then they wouldn't make it (laughs) right. They can't like it can't get that bad. Well, I know they're not going to die, but it's like it's how much pain and suffering that doesn't lead to death can be sustained. And I'm basing this just off of the first movie because, like, I haven't seen any of the other ones, but it's just like it feels like a hump to get over. And I feel like when you're in that room with all the jackass fans in the theater there is no hump to get over. You're already over that hump if you're in that theater, right? That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. If you're if you're seeing this with a crowd full of people, it's a better experience. And I already love these movies, but like it, with a ton of people, it was fucking yeah, it was You're not best. you're not it trying was... to look away at that point. You're already there. You're sitting there in front of a giant You screen. like want to look away, but you can't. Well, it's, That's kind of the beauty of the right. jackass. Yeah, movies. and it's also I don't know, it has that communal feeling to it where mm. it's just like everyone in that theater has just agreed that this is cinema. <laughs> like this is this is this worth, is better than a this Fellini is worth film. buying a ticket like and coming is, in and watching yeah. it. And there's like there's just this sense of like we're all we're all in this. Like yeah. we're all we're all going to sit through this. I can't wait to like show my kids and be like, this is great cinema. Here's eight and a half, and here's Jackass Forever. Yeah, and they're gonna say this is literally nothing like i i I saw two girls one cup when i was like four the thing is is like not two girls one cup but like this more than just like jackass and people joining the jackass crew this is now like half of youtube it's just like epic pranks it's just like god wrong question like uh i eat my friend's fart and then just like uh i like yeah it's also do a little mini bike and i go on a half pipe and i hurt myself and they're like the thing is they're they're often either like not really pranks they're just like bothering people or they're fake um like uh, a podcast I listened to went through there's a certain YouTuber who has a series of videos where it's like I I bought a psycho on the dark web <laughs> and the whole video is just him like opening a box and there's like a crazy guy in there and they're like ah! <laughs> shit like that you know it's like I bought a goblin <laughs> surprising my girlfriend with a goblin so <laughs> what so like 
This, and this is just, it feels pure. It feels real because they invented this and they've been doing it for 20 plus right. years. They, like mm. the TV show um, was a cultural moment. It was a huge fucking deal. MTV, right? Yeah, it was on yeah. MTV. Yeah. Um, it, it was so, so lo-fi and low budget. Like it looked like shit. Um, and I want to, I want to give more flowers to Johnny Knoxville because so much of this revolves around the insane charisma that he has, even in his current, like CTE, like 50 year old form, dude. he still is like so hot. Yeah. yeah. He's still silver he's, Fox he's 50 and dear God, is and he, he also, so hot? Like, well, and what also, the fuck? it's not fair. Also, everything I said about the new cast members not feeling pain doesn't apply to Johnny because that's a part of his persona yeah. that works because he you see him as the one that has to be bulletproof because he's the one making everyone do this. You know, he's the one like in, in Jackass 2, he's the one that's like, guys, come on. Like, we're just going to get hit by a bomb of like rubber bullets. That's it doesn't matter. Like, come on, guys. And thing. then they do it and they're all covered in welts. And he just gets up. He's like, see, guys, that was fine. <laughs> like, it's it's deranged how much pain he does not feel. He like so it's like a recurring thing in the Jackass movies where he gets hit by a bull. And he just kind of keeps doing this to the point where, like, you forget he's getting hit by a bull. <laughs> and then it, a similar thing happens in Jackass Forever. He gets hit by a bull, but he's 50 and his body doesn't heal yeah. the same way as. Right. He yeah. So he, 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 might actually, not he has to get hospitalized. He, he has like, an injury that makes it so he probably can't do this stuff anymore, actually. Right. Um which is honestly fine. I don't know how much longer I would want to see the like Johnny and and the original gang do this stuff. Like it, it's a yeah. good time to pass it on to newer people. Um, is that what makes this the best one? Um, that it's like it's part everybody's that, saying that this is the best. It's one. also uh, a lot of it is is production stuff, man. Like mm -hmm. Tremaine has gotten better with each movie. Yeah. Um, there each movie starts with a, a a big set piece, and this one is easily the best. This it's a massive. Um, like celebrity packed, like like budget looking set piece, and it, I won't I won't say and anything else the about giveaway it. Giveaway of how, like where it goes is just like yeah. fucking incredible. It, it's like it's so great. good. It's very it's very funny. It's very well done. Um, and also it feels like their qu quantity of cameras must have in increased because one of the one of the signature things of these movies and and you know credit to Jeff is that they somehow always have cameras on someone saying the funny line. Like they always have a camera on the, on the best reaction mm. or like, you know, or the best, like someone just deciding to like add an extra step to the prank on top. Um, and this movie has so much of that. And part of that reason why is because this movie is the most uh, insulated of any Jackass movie because it's during a pandemic. They couldn't do a lot of like in the street shit. Yeah. yeah, and that was another they hardly thing did any that they kind of the cast is talked about is just like this film has the most in pranking because they couldn't do like the we're going to dress up like an old man and go out on the streets and prank bad normal grandpa. people. We couldn't do the bad grandpa. Yeah, well, also, so we just have to keep pranking each other in the cast yeah. at all times. Uh, yeah. Also, so you haven't seen Jackass 2. No, that movie has probably like 10 plus minutes of Spike Jones in old oh, yeah. in old lady makeup with. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was in the first one, too. True. He does even more. He does so much. Of it. It's like his yeah. favorite thing to do yeah. in real life. Yeah, more than directing feature films. <laughs> Why would he Literally. direct another movie when <laughs> um, he could just hang out with the jackass but, crew? And, so, well, the result of that installation, though, is that this feels more 
than any of them like it's like a movie about jackass like it's it's about the hang it's about like the guys loving each other and loving these new people yeah like that you know there's like there's no contention it's all it's all love like you they really did, like each other you did mention the old cry i want to give a shout out to a couple people one steve-o which i really did not know how much steve-o was going to be in this movie because I mean, read about what was happening whenever he was whenever they were making the Jackass movies. He was like the, suffering from really, really, really bad drug addiction, like yeah. re, like horrible, debilitating drug addiction. And now he has been, I think, five years sober. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and, he, and he still does. And he's still awful doing things. the most painful, awful things. But like, I just didn't know because it's like, oh, well, you watch Jackass, too. And some of the things that he's doing, it's like, oh, yeah no wonder he's like no other human being would want to like stick a fishing lure in oh. their mouth and like go swimming with sharks <laughs> like use himself as bait Steve. nobody else would want to do that yeah um also shout out to chris pontius who is just he's the eternal king man just I, an I absolute chris. legend nobody loves dressing up uh like a lady. like a like a woman either like, like a chris lady pontius or just was. like in a in a thong yeah and he's he's just the king chris pius just lets it all hang he's out so, all the time he's so, i love him i know so much <laughs> he's he's just he's like the most natural of any of them um the magic of johnny is that he literally always has the perfect line to punctuate a sketch like or a, a prank and it's ba it's often something you couldn't write because it's based on what just happened which wasn't planned necessarily he just he just like has the it factor you know there's a reason he he started doing the jackass stuff to get into Hollywood, and he did briefly. Um, but he at that point he was known as the jackass when guy. When are we gonna have a cultural reevaluation of the film The Ringer? Uh, that's a great question. You the can, film where Johnny Knoxville pretends to be a mentally disabled oh person God. to get into the Special Olympics. Olympics. I think maybe that's a solo pod for you. <laughs> no, I'm gonna get the entire uh, theringer.com crew to come yeah. on and be like, "Hey, defend let's this. talk about it." Let's, let's, let's get into um, it moo's a big fan yeah. so yeah so this this movie has a lot going for it in the positives it all you know it, plenty of cameos going on um like eric andre obviously pops up he's the most his entire thing is 100 based on jackass mm. plus sasha baron cohen yeah. like there he doesn't exist without them um there are certain like going back and watching the jackass movies there are certain sketches where you're like this is an eric andre sketch but it yeah. was like it was like 10 years before there's one in jackass 2 where chris pontius like explodes out of a vent that's just like a hole in the sidewalk and he's wearing like a cape and shit and he just that's, like pops yeah. out and lands on his ass he's like uh like, yeah, he's you know, dressed he, up in like full devil garb yeah he's, he's the just devil like, that's right yeah he's the devil that's Eric he's just exactly. like hell is coming to california yeah <laughs> like, it's it's so um, good and oh, so the other uh, there are a couple other new people too. One of them is from Loiter Squad, which yeah. is another like Jasper. direct <laughs> relative um, of Jackass. Yeah, Jasper. Um, and they also because they have had to one hundred percent replace Bam Margera and act like he doesn't exist anymore. Um, they use Jasper's dad as like the new like parent to fuck with, mm -hmm. um, which is very fun. Is his dad is like a like an old school like tough guy um and they they get him you know they get him vulnerable which is very lovely yeah um it's just it's just great i love the way these movies have like like probably like five to ten second long interstitials that are really 
if you think about them, they're like very complex and like orchestrated little stunts that were just done just for a 10 second clip yeah. to go in between two long ones. There's so many of those that are, are just like effortlessly like thrown in there and they're so good. Like it, it's it's very well done. This is like I would call this the most well done of any of the Jackass movies. Like it, you know, you could say like sometimes sometimes you're looking at them like, wow, they're 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 getting up there. Um, Steve O's voice is completely shot. Yeah. Uh, like just stuff like that. Machine Gun Kelly comes in and does oh, it. He gets, and he gets his shit rocked, which he deserves. Yeah, honestly, he, he um, really has no charisma on screen. And I love to see it. Um, and also he got no pump from the crowd in our theater. Like yeah, no one. I, I heard people I be like, that, oh. I think the people huh. people knew that he had emo girl inside of him, and they were just already just like get his shit slapped. Yeah, love, um, love to see it. Did you guys emo girl? Um, I will say I think that Jackass Two still has my favorite big set pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that Jackass, I think that you're right that Forever has like the best mix of everything. Yeah, it also has my favorite. The, uh, think, my favorite thing they've ever done is the Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, so I don't want to spoil any single sketch that they do, but they do one which I think it's like it's if it's not my favorite it's in my top three ever where it is a psychological prank yeah which Jackass has never done before it it, uh there's also a a great like lengthy cameo by Tyler the creator who is another you know very influenced by Jackass guy um yeah it's just it's it's like a good hang movie where you're just you know if you're fully desensitized to awful things um, which a lot of people are if you were like on the internet in middle school and you had like a certain friend who would be like hey you want to see something fucked up like I've, I've seen people just die <laughs> you know <laughs> I don't I don't yeah, I they they and they do like get to you especially like the nausea stuff like that that in itself can be a deal breaker for people and I can't blame anyone for yeah. that because that's like an involuntary reaction there's but, less yeah. of that in this yeah one. but there is definitely um, less of that in the- but and also but not none of it which i'm glad that there's not none of it because it's not jackass if you completely take away all of yeah the, they have to have some poop all of the poo poo and puke do you guys uh remember that johnny knoxville is in men in black yeah he plays the guy with the little fucking alien coming out of his it's another johnny knoxville another- <laughs> coming out of his back men in black 2 right it's the um, second one right i think he's credited on both I'm looking at it right now. I just remember in the second one because he's like um, the evil lady's little like number two. Like he has a significant role in Men in Black Two. Oh, okay. where they take over. Uh, I think you're maybe. right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it is too. Cool. It's a bad movie, Men in Black Two. Let me tell you, not aged very well. Um, he was rumored to reappear in Men in Black Three, and I guess it didn't work out. At that point. That's 2010. I think it's the same years as Bad Grandpa. I was I Bad, was looking up at, at low key guys. Can we talk about how successful the Jackass movies have been? Like they're the one of the most off. no, like just the Jackass, including Bad Grandpa and everything. It's one of the most successful original franchises. Oh, ever. box office. Yeah, wise. box office wise ever. Like 
that's insane like that this it's sketch comedy it's just like little sketch prank comedies and it's one of the most successful original franchises that we have if you break down what it is that you're watching it's extremely progressive like experimental filmmaking because there is it it has no yeah it's like buster keaton shit it just it just it has no equivalent in in modern like you're watching a documentary in a it's, movie theater with tons of other idiots, you yeah. know? It's Buster Keaton mis- mixed with 120 Days of Sodom. Yeah. <sighs> Shit. <laughs> Solo mixed with Buster Keaton. I mean, that's what Buster Keaton was doing. Like, he was, like, hanging off the fucking side of trains and shit. Yeah, but that was, like, a part of a plot. You're just, you're watching, like, the most visceral shit you can watch. Like, it, like, wakes up your senses watching this. Like, you can't just sleepwalk through a jackass. You have, you have to, like, react very strongly to it. Whether or not you want to is whether or not you're going to like it. Well, I am curious. Check it out. Do you think. So did we sell you on it? I think so. I'll I think- go with you and see this like tomorrow. <laughs> I'm ready to see this movie again. I do you think they're going to make another one? Because I could with this, see with the OG cast. I think that they introduce people because I think they're going to try and transition to like a new crew. Yeah. I mean, why? Why would you want to end this? Pro- I mean, it kind of at the end of the because if Jeff is involved, then it's not jackass. I know, point. and like Jeff nothing. And like, like I said, I really like the new people, but like it's it is like it's a magic thing what these guys have, and it's going to be really yeah. It's hard. about the camaraderie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing is like it's so when, it's just so unforced when you start doing this crazy shit with each other for this amount of time like there is an extra level yeah there's an extra layer added to it where like they're doing this for it's like a more visceral reason for doing it and they i guess there's also like this layer of like trying to keep upping the danger too yeah which must be like terrifying for each other where it's just like they love each other. They have brotherly relationships with each exactly. other. Yeah, they're- and they're also trying to get each other to do more and more extreme shit. <laughs> like that is a very like crazy dynamic. That and that is what <laughs> like your big brother does to you. Or at least especially did back then. Like right. yeah. It, it's what your friend who like your mom doesn't really like it when they come over, you know? Like it's what they do. <laughs> like right. you know, I Guys, I just discovered something on Letterbox. There's a new there was a Jackass project that came out last year in 2021. What's that? They did a partner up with Shark Week. Um Shark oh, where shit. it's Johnny Knoxville, Steve O, Chris Pontius, uh Poopsie. Poopies, Poopy, poopies. Um Jasper. Um and they did a bunch of shark based uh pranks Yo. to put to like test their like in the cage like they got in the i think cage. it was something that partnered with shark week i kind of want to go home and like find this somewhere it's 43 minutes long i'll check it out that's significant yeah it's a I'll full it that's out. a full shark week episode yeah, right let's, there let's that's see content it. all right well we have one more thing we want to talk about before we wrap up kind of some people would say like the the norwegian jackass yeah. yeah this is a very we bought a mic thing to do which is to go from jackass to a <laughs> to foreign cinema <laughs> a, a foreign film by the name of the worst person in the world um which is slowly going to be more accessible for people to see we got a chance to see it at our local art house theater um so if you have access to 
um this movie in your town it is in slow rollout it's been like very slowly kind of being shown in more theaters i am confident that this is going to be on hulu within like the next month and a half or so it's definitely gonna be i can i will guarantee it will be on hulu before the oscars or right around maybe like that weekend or a week no i think it's gonna come out like a week or two weeks before the oscar ceremony so then it will can i get some buzz will be on the front page of hulu maybe some people check it out and then they'll be like oh yeah oh that's nominated for best original screenplay oh i guess i'll watch the awards and best international film it's got two uh oscar nominations under its belt and a bunch of other awards, including a can uh, best actress award for the lead. Um, Renata Renzieve. Yep, that's her name. And this movie is basically a modern romantic drama comedy. Uh, it's almost like a rom com, like the 2022 version of a rom com. Mm-hmm. Um, but. If you take this movie and you compare it to like the early 2000s versions of rom-coms, you cannot end up with a more different yeah. kind of movie. Like it it is it is very much an evolved, more mature take on the genre. And it 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 has like this like more stylized like sharp directorial flair to it yeah that, that that's, really grabs you that's one thing that i wasn't expecting despite everything i've heard about it because you hear about the screenplay and the performance which both deserve every award that they're gonna win um but the direction by how do you, do you say it? yokim yokim Trier? Trier. it's fucking phenomenal mm-hmm. it's so so good he does he does a great job capturing uh a people being alone and and experiencing emotions which is harder to do than it may seem um b people talking to each other while still having it look interesting but then c it has all these little interstitial bits that are just like pure style yeah it's 12 chapters a prologue and an epilogue which is a really good way to structure the movie because you're constantly like being demarcated like how far along you are in the movie and kind of how far you are from the end well especially because the story is like told in a series of vignettes yeah and some of them are very short some of them Mm -hmm. are literally like a single little scene yeah and then some of them are multiple scenes and sequences that kind of like all play out in their own right but still fall into these chapter uh demarcations so it, it has this like kind of like it's kind of playing on its own terms a little bit it's kind of like going to the beat of its own drum i've never seen a movie do things kind of exactly like this the the one that it kind of reminded me the most of is like suspiria the suspiria remake which kind of does a similar yeah, the thing chapters but of- even that movie like doesn't switch things up as much as this one does or or even keep you like with as much momentum as this one does because like this one you're in the the driver's seat like following this woman the whole time i think there's like one chapter that deviates from her and kind of goes off into this this guy uh this normal dude he's just a a guy uh what's this guy's name ivan ivan played by herbert nordrum um yeah so really goofy guy I just man Go- goofy looking, goofiest looking face yeah i gotta if, I, if he can land her i gotta go over there bro. so here yeah <laughs> like, you gotta be kidding i want to move to oslo tomorrow so before we get into the movie itself 
I want to know what you guys thought about overall because I I saw this movie before we did our top ten. This was number two on my list. Let me tell you, I've saw it since then. This is now my favorite movie of last year. It's really good. I think that and not only is this my favorite movie of last year, I think this is one of my favorite movies of the last like ten years. I, I think, think this movie is. I, I think it'd be tough for me not to put it at number one for last year, to be honest. It uh <laughs> it's so fucking it's good. not it's not gonna smack that hard with every single person who watches it. Um, because it you know, it has that navel gazy feel. It has that like like well, who who the fuck is she that I should watch her just, you know, sort of stumble through life, blah blah blah. Some people don't have time for that. Um, this is so phenomenally executed. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. There's some jaw dropping moments. Yeah. It it reminds me of almost it's a it's a weird comparison, but uh the favorite where it's like almost every different category of filmmaking that it's just creates like a film perfect. is all yeah. It, yeah and it's and it's all working toward the same goal like there's the, the, it's all trying to make the same movie it doesn't have like the cinematography of a different type of movie like, right which happens a lot uh it, it just it works so well the the emotional arc that you go through is unexpected um and it really really powerful yeah i hesitate to give up away too much about where this movie goes because I really want people to see it. But essentially what you're getting at is that this movie takes a turn in the third act mm-hmm. that I did not see coming. No, I didn't either. And I oh. commend it so. Hey, hey. Got puppy hey. problems. What's this? Come here. Yeah. I commend it so much for that. Because, you know, you get this, this story of this woman that is navigating relationships romantic relationships in her life and for the most part it is very leaning on the comedy side of things yeah it's hijinks it's a lot of like genuine discussions about relationships and romance and dating like a lot of stuff in that wheelhouse of just like investigating modern relationships and then it takes this turn in the third act that like leaves you in this much more like darker sadder place yeah that leaves I you pretty expect. pretty gutted yeah um it also in until that point this is like this movie it you know for all it, that it's worth which is so much it is it's a story of like not immense privilege which is like very cinematic like a royal story for example um, but it, it's it's a story of like normal privilege. Like it's a story. It's like a first world problems movie. Um, and that that's an extremely reductive way yeah. to look at most movies. Enough enough privilege to like be wandering through your life without much. It's it's just it's just enough you know, that if it had ended you. without exploring uh, more deeply something, which it very much does, it would have had maybe like a star or half star knocked off it for me. But the place that it goes to in in the third act is what gives. I gave it five stars. Like it, that's what makes it into something different because it becomes the type of movie that I always talk about. And I always look for where like scene to scene. I don't know what I'm about to feel. Yep. I and that's, that, that is, that's what movies are supposed to be, you know? Yeah. It also, I mean, I talked about it a little bit, uh, trying not to give away literally anything on my top 10, but like between um, licorice pizza and especially this movie, it captures a sensation that's, I feel like at least the three of us can relate to, and probably most people 
our age or about our age going into their early 30s can kind of relate to where you're just kind of feel like you're at this crossroads of your life where you know that you need to have like your life planned out, but you don't really know what the next steps are to achieve whatever your dream is. And you don't even know what your dream is. Like, it's kind of like you're trying to shuffle around all these ideas. It's one of the things what resonated the most about this movie with me is kind of feeling like you're pulled in all of these different directions because you have all of these different things that you're interested in, but maybe not necessarily that is your like life's passion and trying to kind of figure out what to do with your life. And then how that also ties into the womanhood of this all and kind of the societal urge of like, well, you know, that biological clock is hitting. Now you're in your thirties. Like that, adding that element to this along to like this whole like love story, the anxiety behind that of, are you you're happy with this person but is this quote unquote the one like there's so much packed into this movie without it ever becoming too much without it ever becoming overwritten there's not a single thing about this movie that i would say is overwritten or even suffers from like i mean i love him he's one of my favorite writers but even like a noah bomback thing where some of like the not some of the Noah Baumbach work that doesn't work as well is because it's like people don't act like yeah. this. Like this is great well, this because also, they're movie characters, but this isn't genuine to human but, beings. But this also doesn't forget to be a movie. Like yeah. that's that's the thing. Is it, like it, it has yeah, plenty the, of sequences that are just like great movie. There's moments. one scene in particular that's just like yeah, yeah, tears shedding and just also, coming down beautiful of cinema. It also sort of depends on the scene because there are scenes that are like way more sparse with dialogue because they should be because it, it's scenes that are emotion based. And then there are scenes that are way more uh, written than like real life is, but they don't feel like it. And that's I think yeah. that's what you're saying. Yeah. Like it, even when it is like not just like full naturalism, it still doesn't feel like you're watching a play um, because it's it's written into these characters first of all for them to be like that because most of it comes with her older uh boyfriend whatever his name is because axel yeah which as they as is like fully explored he's someone that likes to vocalize everything he's feeling instead of just feeling it um they're also probably like 50 different little bon mot like line individual lines in this movie that are just like gorgeous perfect like yeah, yeah. really really like special writing that you yeah you would find in like a, his a, a book his monologue at the end is oh, just Anders so devastating i just openly sobbing at, let me tell you especially on a rewatch i kind of more than anything because of course like really relating a lot to Julie, to Renata Rensieve's character, as, I mean, she is kind of our main hero throughout this whole thing. But I relate a lot to, like, a lot of the different characters in this movie that just, yeah, like... Because they're all, like, they all feel humans. Yeah, they all feel so genuine. They all feel like they have their own lives, which is explored through this kind of chapter format that we see both, like, the good human side and kind of the worst of people come out and these just little like snippets of people's yeah. lives there's so many great moments i i can't wait to rewatch it because there are like the whole through line with the comic book the bobcat comic book like there's the so many <laughs> there's so many great moments there the uh the one guy's ex-girlfriend that's like a diehard environmentalist Dude, yeah, it's, it's so we, good. that's another great little directing thing we go through this like quick 
a catch up slash montage of of their entire dating life, which really focuses on her personal evolution yeah. and discovering like her native heritage and like getting in deep into climate change and like, you know, feeling the pain of the earth. Yeah. And not even like an inherently like negative or judgmental right. way, but just how that that personal journey can push away other people yes, in your life exactly yeah like that's it, fascinating that's just such yeah, an there's, interesting there's, dynamic to exactly. explore because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't paint that character as a negative no, person no, it and, just shows all. you how they those two people drifted yeah, apart there, there's a little line where it's like it's just the beginning of a sense i don't even know how it ends but it's it, it's it's starting after explaining like what she's going through and how she's changing his life it's it, like with carrying the weight of the western man on his shoulders <laughs> 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 good good subtitle work in this movie it must not be easy to translate no man from norwegian norwegian is get... a weird language well Joachim yeah. trier is bilingual he does speak english so okay. i'm sure that i think that he probably was responsible for yeah. a lot dual, of the... dual scripting yeah, yeah double yeah. right could you imagine I, writing he, i mean he's been twice. doing a ton of interviews and he speaks very very fluent english so yeah that that makes sense because this is very well translated like like there are a lot of uh, laughs in the theater where everyone is just reading a a sentence yeah. at the same time and laughing and that's pretty hard to yeah, do. Yeah, well, it's the th- same thing that we talked about whenever we talked about The Farewell a couple yeah. years ago where it's like, just really good job at not only the subtitling itself, but knowing the timing yeah yeah of it man yeah that's what really kills me about uh television subtitling is that the lines come up so far the before they're so said, bad and yeah so it's, any it's any i any uh hope that there will be a joke is just ruined. dude when it's I, so I'm, ruined. I'm watching the sopranos and like half the time i'm just like i have to actively not look no, at the man, subtitles yeah, i can't watch anything funny with subtitles yeah it, it, timing is like 80 percent of jokes yeah it destroys it um and it doesn't do that here so that's a good call out actually so I, I actually think we should get into a spoiler section here because I, I have some very specific thoughts about the ending of this movie. So yeah. any other kind of like overall thoughts before we dive into spoilers about um, the worst person in the world? Just even before we get to the end, it, it just has some of my favorite scenes I've seen in a long time. My like I my favorite scene before the end is easily when she meets um elvind dude incredible oh it is, my god it's such a complex it's, scene it's too. fucking it's el- so it, it is electric and it captures the correct energy yeah. because that's the energy that would have to get them both in this headspace of still thinking about each other like all that non-sexual later. intimacy yeah they just it's, yeah they I've watch never, each other piss i've never seen that in a movie before it's so yeah, i've never seen anything yeah because like that. yeah that scene always just ends with them fucking in a movie yeah like you know yeah duh, that's where it ends in real life but also just like doing the things <laughs> but, that you do with somebody yeah. that you've been with yeah for just being years. like oh we're not cheating we're just like watching each other pee <laughs> yeah just showing like the like emotional cheating but just being like ah yeah we didn't do it we aren't aroused by this like it, it's it, yeah it it has the electricity of like a really special like first date or, or when so... you know meeting someone that like becomes important in your life which is again i, I keep saying this because it's true this movie has a lot of elements that are way harder to execute in film than it may look yeah because it, it feels straightforward because you're not watching anything otherworldly but the depth of emotion that they get out of pretty simple scenes yeah. is is harder than you know a million dollar set piece yeah um one last quick thing we've talked about before but renato renzi if he plays julie 
one of my favorite performances of the last several years. I mean, it's my favorite performance of the year, like by a mile. I just, I think that she got fucking robbed that she should have been nominated, especially as you look at the other nominees for best lead actress. And since this movie did get some love, like fucking give her not a goddamn nomination. Like she's so stupid good at playing so many different characters within this one performance it's such a complicated character especially as i've rewatched it i can't wait for this movie to come i'm you mentioned it's gonna be on hulu i'd be willing to bet that this is gonna come out on criterion in the next within the next 12 months um again Um, and i just i can't wait to watch this over and over again this is gonna be like francis ha for me because i mean people compared this a lot to francis ha and similarly, I watch Francis Ha like every year to 18 months yeah. or so and get something different out of it. And I'm going to do the same thing with this movie. Yeah. I also for me, I, I like this a lot more than Francis Ha. Um, Francis Ha didn't hit nearly as much for yeah. me because I feel really bigger. I really, truly don't like Francis Ha, like the character. Like, I don't find yeah. much redeemable at all in her. And this character has so much inside of her. And part of it's because this movie was made for more than like two dollars and it's not like 90 minutes. You know, right. like, yeah, like there's a reason there's a scale to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I, I was going to say, though, to that point, like, you know, this is not unique to this year, but the 2021 slate has just like this recurring theme of just like deeply like shitty people that you just can't help but root for yeah. you've got obviously this one you've got alana heim in licorice mm. pizza uh you've got simon, simon rex and yeah. red rocket uh even like bradley cooper and nightmare alley like it's almost like i have a lot going on in my life right now that i need to <laughs> there's there's just like this this like this little mini mount rushmore of just like movies that have very kind of perfectly been able to paint these characters that are very terrible people Mm. as really great characters like movie characters and that's because of the writing the directing and the performances like there's just like this perfect summation of like all these pieces that have come together so perfectly and in this movie i think it's special because like it's it's a tough thing to show somebody that going back to like your privilege point like doesn't really have any problems going on in her life really but she is like creating problems for herself like she she does not have to be facing some of the challenges she's facing but she can't help but continue to put herself in a situation where she's like fucking up things in her life and she's also compared to a lot of those characters she's way less of a bad person because she's she doesn't have evil in her heart she just wants what she wants and that changes and i but think she is hurting the people around her definitely she yeah she definitely is uh but she's also getting hurt by them um yeah. the only person that she really scorns unneedingly is is one, i'll just say one of the guys but that that there that's the only scene where it just feels like purely out of nowhere like hey somebody this nice man um uh, other than that like it this is just like a really strong woman who like who wants doesn't know what she wants but she knows when she doesn't want what she has and that like i can relate to that entirely you know what i mean but it's there's there's this there's this tug of war though because it's like shouldn't she want what she has like what she has is amazing and it's like there's something in her telling her that she shouldn't want it even though she should want it 
because there's, yeah, because the, there's no such thing as should want. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's that whole thing. Want isn't is involuntary. Exactly. It's that whole thing of just like yes, I I want this, but like, am I even allowed to feel like this sort of happiness if it's at the expense of someone else? Yeah, like that's a whole other. Exactly. Issue I've 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 had relationships that I should have wanted and didn't, and that you know that is a very recognizable feeling where it's like I I understand what the expectation of feeling is right now, but I I'm not. I'm not like creating the feeling. It's just there and I'm observing it, you know, um, and it's her her having the courage to act upon that when most people probably wouldn't. And it goes through like it, uh, speaking toward the feminism aspect of it. There's a reason we get a whole interstitial about her, all the women in her family tree, yeah. um, just just living in the service that of other men. Moment. Yeah. It that does a lot of work to be like, oh, yeah, everything she's doing is fucking small potatoes com yeah. compared to what these women had to go through just to like live. Yeah. They had to go, like shit Pumping out. out nine yeah, they children. had to shit out all these kids. They probably didn't <laughs> want to like and that was just what they had to do. Yeah. And yeah, so she like, is like it's almost like a triumph that she's being a bit of an asshole. Right. Because of that. Yeah. It's like you have the privilege of being an asshole. Yeah, she, she's allowed to be a dick. Um, one last thing before we get to spoilers you boys get a free retcon right now to throw this into your list, into your top 10, if you so wish. I told are you, you last doing week. It? And where are you putting it at? And Drew, just keep in mind, before you put it on your list, that does mean that you are going to have to kick out old. <laughs> no. Old is at number 10 right now. So unless you're going to no. reshuffle and put that up. but I told you I, I put this in, at my number four. I number have it at four. number four right now. I have Dune inside Green Knight, worst person. <sighs> What was my number one even? Licorice I, pizza. I think we shared. Yeah, I, um, I knew uh, mine was licorice pizza. No, I this I, I put this uh, very slightly above licorice pizza in turn because the lasting impact is is a lot bigger for me. Nice, nice. for me personally. Cool. So we still match. Hell I yeah, love that for us. <laughs> are we so are we redundant? Like if I, if if the screenwriter was getting notes on this podcast, would just, they would the person be I like, will hey, just I say, like you just combine hundred more, more worm. You did say <laughs> you did have an ex girlfriend who once said when we were in the same room as each other, you two are redundant. That's true. <laughs> Actually, I've had multiple girlfriends who have said that about yeah, us. Yeah, so like not joking. Maybe Ernest, maybe you should take some notes from the audience and just cut one of it's us. It's fine. You guys are fine. You guys are doing great. Let's uh, let's get into spoilers for the worst person in the world. So come back and listen to this and watch this when you have actually seen the movie or just keep watching if you don't care. So I want to talk about how man gets fucking cancer in the last round of this movie when which chapter i so i i have the chapters it, pulled up it's in um chapter 11 it's in the the okay so this chapter. is like the very end of the movie yeah and well and very cleverly you find out with julie it's not something that she's known about that like you, she, you find she, out in the bookstore well because yeah, yeah she finds about it in a very like unceremonious way when she's not really ready to process that and so do we yeah. like because it's oh, just during a bookstore scene. so no 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 so actually sorry i got this yeah so it was in chapter 10 because she finds out about the bookstore but she doesn't immediately go to yeah. uh the hospital she, she goes, like, goes she home. goes and she's an asshole to her to her yeah man. she's just Which like that's, yes. shitty. That, that's the <laughs> only scene in the whole movie where i was like hey st this is just a dopey idiot yeah like, this guy just, just has guy. no idea yeah, about anything a dumb guy. yeah and he's even nice when she's mean <laughs> but then i mean he gets his in the end I, you know what i mean yeah if you know what i'm saying but yeah. he's got a baby i dude 
Anders Danielson Lee, which he is like a longtime collaborator with Joachim Trier. He's worked on, I think, three or four of Joachim Trier's other films. He's fantastic. Dude, I so I loved him in the first time that I saw this movie. But the second time that I saw this, I like I really related to this his character and not in like the way because there is one scene that is not great for him where he <laughs> happens to be on a podcast. Things don't really go so yeah, great he's for like a guy. Tripling Axel. down on Bobcat. Yeah, not comics. not a great look for Axel. But um, the whole idea that, of that's going to be obsessive. you like being uh, interviewed by Tucker Carlson and he's like, so you said that. Schlinder's List was the most rewatchable movie of all time. Yeah, and Tucker Carlson would he would be like, so tell me how smart you are. Like that, yeah. Tell me how right that is. Yeah, no, that's that's the wrong example because he would he would definitely encourage that kind of bad behavior. Um, no, so the whole idea of just kind of being like obsessed with night, I mean, with your own creation, but especially with like media and with art and stuff like that, when uh, earlier on in the film, kind of jumping back a little bit, whenever he goes on this whole rant about um, the starfish, as he calls it, talking about <laughs> Bobcat's butthole and Julie's eyes like glaze over. I've seen guys eyes do that before whenever I'm talking about a movie that I'm passionate about. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I just see her be like, I'm dead inside. These, So there's one, uh, at least one, maybe two specific dinner party scenes that are so fucking perfect because (laughs) the way they're written and directed and acted you can tell how excruciating it must be Mm -hmm. to be sitting here listening to this guy talk and he's clearly talking about something that he's very passionate about but it's just we're just we're watching it through her eyes yeah you do not fucking and it's just like this guy's going on and on about fucking like philosophy what is he talking about it's like sigmund freud or something yeah he's obsessed with freudian psychology (laughs) and it is the thing like it's perfectly written because i was on the exact same page as her where i was like this guy is good at heart and he's brilliant and he's creative he is annoying man yeah he's just like sometimes he needs to shut the fuck up (laughs) well but just to go to the end like the thing is is that you know you watch so many of these scenes that paint this guy as like Kind of this, yeah, kind of this annoying guy, the grating he, presence. Guy, basically, he just, he thinks that he knows everything. And then you get to the end of the movie and you feel like she kind of fucked up a little bit by not being with him. You know, like, like she let the one person that was, that treated her really well get away. And I don't know. I didn't feel that is the thing because the next guy treated her really well. Yeah, but their their relationship was not as deep. I know. Yeah, it was more surface level. And I mean, they kind of have that little bit of a they they have that moment where they kind of say to each other as he's lying there on the bed, like we could talk to each other like no one exactly. else could. Like we did, whether or not we were like meant to be together forever, we had a connection that was like undefinable mm-hmm. compared but it's, to but any it's, other relationship. It's interesting because like the, when she gets with, um with guy, with dude, with Elvin, you feel like she is getting something very substantial. She's, a certain it's, need is being met it's a rom-com moment you get the time stops moment right like right that's an amazing scene well that is fucking, a, that is the oh movie God, moment just, right oof, there basically but you feel you feel like like there is a piece of 
the, her romantic needs that are not being met with Axel that are mm-hmm. now being met no. with Elvin. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the surface level versus the depth. Right. Um, like Axel is just all depth. He will not stop being philosophical. She doesn't want him to keep being so, yeah. like she. So yeah. There's a the, one of the best lines in the whole thing is like sometimes I wish you would just feel something without saying it. Like you don't yeah. have to vocalize every feeling. You can just feel. Yeah. Um, their their fight their breakup is an incredible oh, so scene mm-hmm. it's, it's like this well-realized breakups i've ever seen it, it scratches before. the it's, level of the before midnight fight it, it really where it's just like it's, it just keeps going a breakup if you've ever been through a breakup it's not all fighting and screaming at each other or it's, not even a breakup just a fight like yeah, a really it's, bad it's fight. reminiscing like live in the moment it's like hating each other and then like trying to make things where it's everything all at once it's, it's really just well all done. of the emotions yeah. and how it ends with her saying that like maybe we'll get back together i keep thinking about in, in that. that moment she meant it exactly <laughs> so good. exactly like, oh, because like right because like obviously you know they don't get back together <laughs> because he dies but that feeling of like walking away from this relationship and still feeling like there's something there that you care about that you're leaving mm-hmm I guess that's what you meant by like the courage, like her courage to do that, to yeah. still leave while knowing that like there's something substantial. So she's, yeah. she's leaving behind. Because she also knows that something's very wrong. you know. Right. But then when he dies or, and when he's dying, it, it, it there is this like deeply heartbreaking feeling of like, I mean, obviously his cancer doesn't have anything to do with any of her actions. But the feeling that the movie is conveying is like she left him and now she can never get him back and and the moment she decided to leave him was the moment that the path was set on his life ending and obviously like that's not yeah. a direct correlation but like that's like part of the feeling i got from the movie is like you get this breakup you get her feeling like there's something still there and then she can never get it back ever it's fully gone forever well more than just even their relationship i think that seeing someone who she was close with and who was she was with for years kind of puts this frivolity that she has for life itself and kind of this jumping from career path to career path it puts that all in perspective because it says like oh i'm not eternal like someone who i like yeah it was a little bit older than me but this person i was close with like He's dying now and he's going to die very soon. And there is a, he can't change what his course in life right. is. And eventually I'm not going to be able to change mine either. And I need to kind of take some account of not even just accountability for my own actions, but kind of some ownership of self yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. Where the whole film had kind of been her coasting isn't quite the right word, but uh I guess moving yeah. throughout life indecisive yes. well, and also her being with these guys was a part of that. Yeah. Like that relationship had to end because that was a part of her indecision. It was mm-hmm. like she, the end of the movie represents that she has to, in order to like find an eventual partner, potentially she has to figure out being alone. Yeah. Yeah, like exactly. It, she can't, you know, you can't just jump from person to person. That's, and I think that's where the movie ends. It's yeah. Like this idea of like, her finally being in this space where like she is just going to take the time to figure exactly. that out. Because I don't think 
like during when she's uh talking to axel for you know like the last few times i don't think that she necessarily regrets breaking up with him i think i think if she does like those feelings are just because she feels really 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 bad for him because she you know obviously you would like the man's dying and like well regret regret is pointless at that point it's not even regret <laughs> it's more of just the thinking of what could have been it's I know, where your brain wonders that you can't possibly you can't stop that idea. But the film doesn't stop that the, either. the thing is during most of those scenes there's a reason that it's almost 100 percent axel talking because she is feeling empathy for him she isn't necessarily agreeing with everything he's saying yeah. um I don't he, think that he she, notably tries to grab her boob at one point and he just like, <laughs> yeah, because he just moves it off. Yeah. And also, like, like no. I, I would imagine that she is capable of feeling, a, an, you know, that depth of connection with more people than Axel is. Mm. Ax, Axel is a tough egg to crack. Like, I believe that she was, you know, a shooting star in his life because he's not like that. Right. He doesn't open up to people. She does. So, like. She's just listening to him saying all this stuff while he's crying and like she's crying too because it's deeply powerful. I don't think she necessarily agrees. Um e- even though she can obviously acknowledge that what they had was very very special. So I, I that's why I think it's a perfectly balanced film, mm-hmm. I guess, is because I didn't end up wishing that she had done anything differently even right. though she even though I know she made mistakes. Well, go that's a crazy balance to hit. Yeah. So go that doesn't on, make any sense that that works so well. I mean, just jumping off that point, going back to, I think it's chapter two, which is just called cheating. The fact that it's called cheating, it sets you up at a certain point where you are ready to just be like, this is a despicable move that you can do. The film is called the worst person in the world. And chapter two is called cheating. And you were just kind of predisposed to be like, oh, I hate this. This feels icky. This feels wrong. And then you just kind of can't help but be kind of swept away by her charisma and like by this magical moment that she is feeling. Because in her mind, it's not doing anything kind of malicious. She doesn't see anything malicious with what she's doing because for the most part, humans aren't just like openly doing malicious things for the sake of being evil that's not a that's not what humans are she's drunk and she's feeling unvalued and she's well that's connection that's one of the things that makes this script so well written is that none of the characters ever fall into any type of like true archetype like they Mm. just feel like real people even like the characters that you barely get to know they all feel like real people like the the at others the beginning, the, yeah, yeah yeah all the friends uh of axel it's really that, well that done. party was so good that's such a yeah. great dude that's like an adult party kind of thing everybody's having fun having a good time until like suddenly something happens and it's just like parties yeah. over now. it reminded me of screaming yeah. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of the entire history of you black mirror that yeah. like that adult party where like there's just this there's this tension of like not everyone wants to get on the wavelength of like youth <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know um it, it's super sometimes super well we done. just want to uh play back our tapes in mm-hmm. our head mm. i'm you know that um, axel was doing that on his death yeah can <laughs> i so it. speaking of uh <laughs> he wasn't fucking nobody else after that speaking of uh just kind of uh entire history of you uh media kind of things can I just read a little bit from Axel's monologue? Because this is the part where in the theater, like, I'd be crying. I'd be thinking <laughs> about, like, as I'm going to suffocate myself in my walls of Blu-ray and media. Yeah. 
I grew up in a time when culture was passed along through objects. They were interesting because we could live among them. We could pick them up, hold them in our hands, compare them. That's all I have. I spent my life doing that, collecting all that stuff, comics, books, and I just continued. Even when it stopped giving me the powerful emotions I felt in my early 20s, I continued anyway. And now that's all that I have left. Knowledge and memories of stupid, futile things nobody cares about. That's what it's Boom. feeling like going into year five of this podcast, boys. Boom. I'll tell you. Welcome back to We Are Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, I just that's, a very, that's a very specific thing to like the... I guess I guess our parents' generation has has this too, but like very much the millennial sort of early late Gen X type of uh, generation, where it's like we now are fully in a digital world, mm. but we still have this rel- these relics of a pre digital world yeah. that we're trying to hang on to because people younger than us they'll they will are not really going to relate to that kind of yeah yeah they're they sentiment were, they were raised fully in it we were raised yeah. partially in it yeah it that's yeah that's that's and another thing that's like very it would be very easy to fuck up in this movie there it's not just that discussion there are a lot of discussions about like generational gaps and the the role that technology plays in shaping like what a generation becomes yeah. and that should be annoying um the the rom-com equivalent of that in like an entire movie is the movie she's just not that into you Mm. which sucks (laughs) it's the cringiest like in retrospect every single reference they've made is aged i like that movie as a kid but to be honest i have not seen that movie it's so 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 bad like put the trailer alone you got to watch it it's drew barrymore being like i mean i i am him he myspace is me (laughs) we're on g chat we're meant to be it and that's what this movie like you know in in uh less deft hands could have become but these these conversations are sort of eternal because this will be a pressing topic for every generation moving forward what stage technology was in when throughout your entire life it matters so much and how do you actively what is the main form of communication as you're building out the relationship too Mm -hmm. like that's a big part of it and this movie touches on that a little bit not too much i think one of the things i like about this movie does is that it doesn't go that route it could and it could get into like texting and like yeah like you know whatever it would instagram it would have been if she had exchanged numbers with the guy at the party yeah but she doesn't Mm -hmm. and that and it's more magical because of that and it makes the movie feel more timeless like i think this is one of those movies that you'll look back on it like 15 years from now and it's still gonna have the same level of resonance because it doesn't like date itself i mean obviously it like mentions facebook a couple times but like it doesn't lean into those parts of modern dating and more about like just the kind of timeless aspects of dating with these generational things in them, like the monologue too. I think that is, mm-hmm. you know, something that is very uh, unique to like our generation and, and, you know, some surrounding generations um, there's okay. There's three things I need to shout out before we start to wrap up. First of all, the mushroom trip, incredible scene, 
So short I didn't. Sweet. I really didn't like this the first time that I saw this movie. Really? To be honest. Yeah, I just thought that it was just like out of left field to the point where like it didn't really add anything to the movie for me. Well, she needed. Um, she needed a crisis. She needed it was some. Like, it was catharsis for the father plot line for like a lot of the kind of the outstanding plot lines that. Yeah, but a, an an ego death that can come from a psychedelic trip is like can fit into a story like this about somebody who's like trying to find their way. You know, she's like aimless and doesn't even know what kind of, you know, place her life has mm -hmm. or anything like that. And then she has this mushroom trip and like it kind of like jolts her a little bit to feel like, OK, now I can have some sort of agency. Yeah. And in it, my life. Yeah, it puts you more into her brain also because, you know, like and it's just a cool scene. Yeah. She sees herself as like, an, yeah. you know, an I mean, old it's really giant it's a really, yeah, really that's what she was thinking while being with the mm -hmm. Axel. Right. You know, she was thinking this is my end if I stay with him. Yeah. Like I am exactly. in less control of what I become. It kind of visualizes those fears. Yeah. yeah. It's a really well done scene. I still that's my least favorite chapter. Still, mm -hmm. to be honest, I think it's because the rest of the film is so grounded. I and think it's well I, shot. I think it's, I, I think it's, it's really, because, really well done. But I think I just, you don't like it because you think periods are gross. No, I actually I don't you, like you're a piece of shit. I think the, I think that seemed like objectifies one man that shows the male gaze of coming across in the director. Uh, men love it when a girl uh, <laughs> smears period of blood like it's eye paint. No, it's just I, I still like I now I love this entire movie i think this movie is perfect i wouldn't change no i mean it's, goddamn it's a, thing about it is it, like the most it's jarring even even in a movie with a lot of stylized shit like like the time freezing sequence like that still does stick out so i can i could see like it sticking out too much for someone i i like I, that, I still that they it decided so to put in it doesn't i oh, mean well, me too it didn't it didn't like ring any bells for me at all like i was like that, oh, like that's yeah. what i mean when i said that this movie doesn't forget to be a movie like yeah. the fact that it puts something in here just to be like yeah let's let's show some it's just like the animated sequence where it like animates the bobcat comic like shit like that like it's like let's just fucking do it like let's take the time to do cool shit because it's a movie mm -hmm. like let's be a movie let's be this visually engaging yeah piece it's a, it's like it's a really really special movie i think in terms yeah like i said like in terms of all around execution yeah like it's it hits a lot side question would you guys go opening night to go see Bobcat Rex Christmas? Yes. Yeah. 100%. I'd do it. But yeah. like, would you like boo the screening afterwards? Because no. be like, the, where's the starfish? I would howl. I'd be like, oh, 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 oh. It's definitely the type of thing that like, like you would have told me about the comics when we were like 18 or 19. Yeah. And I would have been like, oh, yeah, I got to I got to read those. And then yeah. I like never did. But like, you know, you, you really like them and you're just like fucking fuming about this movie. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, bummer. This is you with Why the Last Man like yeah. last year. <laughs> Bummed out. I'm, I'm talking to Ernie. If I didn't just... So listeners, I also wanted to shout out. I just think that it's really sad that she doesn't see him when he's actually going to die. Oh, I love hospital. I oh that's so good though. That's, that's just like so it's, I know. he's with this family. It also makes sense yeah. that she they wouldn't Right. It's like the ex girlfriend's gonna show up here. Yeah. You know, they don't I'm sure they don't necessarily love her. Also, it would that would just be like a very rom com thing. Like yeah. you know, that would that would be a little bit too much yeah. movie he, to, it, for it her would, to show yeah, up. Yeah, it would be the most movie thing if he like died while sitting at the bench across from yeah. her. <laughs> you know, like yeah. But I just think I just think it's sad. You know, I just wanted to, like, mention yeah. that it's like for a movie that ends as sad as it does. That's one of the saddest yeah. moments. It's like she chooses to not yeah. see him and, yeah. and her um, ending. Like, I like that she ends single. But like after 
it was a pointed effort to make this dopey guy seem like genuinely he is so nice like yeah he just isn't what she wants right you know but he's even when she's like being so mean to him he's like i don't know what to say that was you know that really hurt (laughs) that was so good (laughs) and then lastly i love every outfit that she wears every single outfit so good i was like this is incredible i think secret mvp of this movie is just oslo after seeing this movie, I was like, I looked up like, nice. what is the cost of a house in Oslo going for these days? Because could I just drop everything, you know, and move to Oslo? When I was, it's one of the happiest places on earth. Very, very low depression rate, very low suicide rate, especially for a metropolis region, have, which is surprising. Care, brother. It's well, it's surprising too because also like, like you'd think in like Norway, like seasonal depression would be pretty bad, but no. When I was in happy, in happy Europe, place. I really wanted to go up to Norway. And the prices were very high mm. compared to Southern Europe. Yeah. So mm. I did not go. Well, some there are some economies in Southern Europe that aren't doing so great. I'm not right. sure if you're you're familiar with those, uh, right. but yeah. Um, love the the prologue and the epilogue are just like so fucking good. The prologue I is so puppy moo moo puppy. Hey, come here more puppy um, trouble. I love it. the prologue so much of just Ooh, setting up boy. like exactly who this Julie character is. You learn so much about her just like perfect perfect use of voiceover. Yeah. And then the epilogue just really like leaves Julie in a place of character growth. We get the view of our boy Ivan just daddy now. Full dad. Daddy man. as fuck. And I think oh. one of my favorite cut to credits uh closing songs in a while. Waters of March by Art Gar- Garfunkel. <gasps> Another doggy. Oh, we got more puppies. There's house. two doggos in here. Hi. Hello, gang. That means we have to end the podcast before <laughs> Big they doggy. knock everything oh. over again. Yeah, let's go. All right. Oh, I love this dog. <laughs> this is a treat for only oh, yeah. the... Yeah, everything's the... getting knocked over now. <laughs> for only the video listeners. Yeah. What a blast. Okay. Anything can happen. Did everything you know? just like stop recording? I hope stuff, not. Stuff just flew down. So I don't know what happened. We're there. good. We're good. Okay, cool. Well, that's all. <laughs> that's the worst person in the world. Jackass, Severance, and The Good Place. Thank you so much for watching, tuning in, listening. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe as we keep going with our Robin Williams series with Aladdin. If you haven't listened to that one already, check it out. And Toys coming up next. And then after that, we got two big ones. We got Mrs. Doubtfire Oof. and Jumanji. Oof. So we're getting into the big 90s this run. This is the run. The meat of Robin. Robin's mm-hmm. meat. Um, let us know what you thought of um, The Worst Person in the World and Jackass if you've seen it. And be sure to email us and follow us and subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. And donate. Thank you, all you beautiful donors, for donating. We love you. Mm. Stick around. Thanks for listening and watching. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.